The America's National Parks podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they've partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your park and get there with family and friends. With more than 400 national park sites in the U.S., there are beautiful surprises to be found in every corner of the country. There's probably one closer than you think. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. The contributions of immigrants to our great nation are undeniable. Some of our greatest institutions were literally built on the backs of immigrants of all stripes. Our national parks are no exception. In the West, some of the most significant contributions came from the Chinese. I'm Jason Epperson, and on today's episode of America's National Parks, Yosemite and the Legacy of Chinese Americans. Around 1815, a handful of Chinese came, mainly as merchants, former sailors, to America. By 1880, there were 300,000, a tenth of the California population, many who wanted to make their fortune in the California gold rush. But many just came to work and for a better life. They helped build the first transcontinental railroad. They worked southern plantations after the Civil War, and they helped establish California agriculture and fisheries. From the outset, they were met with distrust and overt racism of settled European populations, ranging from massacres to pressuring them into Chinatowns. Laws were made to restrict them, including special taxes like the Foreign Miners Tax of 1850. They were prohibited from marrying white European partners, which was particularly problematic because few Chinese women came to America early on. At Yosemite, early Chinese immigrants played an important role in shaping the park that we know today. Park ranger Yen Yen Chan helps us explore their history. When I first got here to Yosemite, I interned here with the Park Service, and I started hearing about Chinese who worked in the Wawona Hotel. And then slowly, as I was doing research, I also heard that they worked on some of the roads here. And so when I was asked if I could lead a seminar on the history of the Chinese, I decided to do some more research and discovered a lot more about their role here in Yosemite. The Chinese first arrived here in great numbers in 1848, and that was when gold was discovered here in the foothills. And during that period of time in the mid-1800s, the Chinese in southeast China had a lot of famines, droughts, other social and environmental disasters. And so for them, trying to find a place where they can try and earn money to help their families was a big goal for them. But very soon, gold became scarce. And by 1850, there was a foreign miners tax passed for anyone not from this country. And so this pushed a lot of the Chinese to move away from mining to look for other types of work. One of the things that I discovered was that here in Yosemite, there were a lot of really well-known cooks. They were often the head chefs in all the hotels. 
And one chef was a chef for the U.S. Geological Survey, and his name was Tai Singh. And he cooked such extraordinary foods in the backcountry that the head of the National Park Service, Stephen Mather, asked him to um, cook for his Mather Mountain parties. These Mather Mountain Party trips brought influential men to the mountains, where Mather was able to give them a first-hand experience of why we should protect these natural places and have national parks. And among his distinguished guests, there was one writer named Robert Sterling Yard, who wrote about Tai Sing during the trip. He said, To me, Tai Sing had assumed apocryphal proportions. The extraordinary recitals of his culinary talents had been more than I could quite believe, but I believe them all now and more. I shall not forget that dinner. Soup, trout, chops, fried potatoes, string beans, fresh bread, hot apple pie, cheese, and coffee. It was the first of many equally elaborate and equally appreciated. And in 1899, there is a peak named after him right on the boundary of Yosemite. It's called Singh Peak. In addition to being well-known as talented cooks, the Chinese also gain the respect of people for their strong work ethic. Mark Twain wrote, they are as industrious as the day is long and a lazy one does not exist. In Yosemite, these Chinese immigrants provided the primary labor in the construction of two major roads. One of the roads they built here is the Wawona Road, the original road from the Mariposa Grove and the town of Wawona in Yosemite's southern part, all the way to the valley. And that's a 23-mile road that ascends over 4,000 feet up and down the mountain. And they built that during the winter from 1874 to 1875, despite all the snow that they had encountered, and in four and a half months finished that road. These Chinese were working under extraordinarily difficult situations. They were using hand picks and shovels and wheelbarrows and really going through this really difficult mountainous terrain. And the Chinese were doing these types of projects not just here in Yosemite, but throughout the Sierra and the West. There's also another road that the Chinese built here, and it is the Tioga Road. When they built it, it was called the Great Sierra Wagon Road. And they built this road also in an amazing amount of time, just four and a half months again. And it's a 56-mile road that came from the west all the way through Tuolumne Meadows and all the way to the outside of this park where there was a mining town called Bennettville. And so that road climbed up all the way to about 10,000 feet. They didn't have the aid of machinery that we think of today when we build roads, and they didn't have that much help from either mules or horses as well. It was primarily all human labor, and it was a dangerous job requiring blasting powder to blast through some of the rocks that we encounter here in Yosemite. 
So at the time, in 1882 to 83, when they built that road, there were all these shareholders that were hoping there would be this great silver ledge that would make them very wealthy. So that's why they built this road, to take out the silver ores. And they also were thinking of building a railroad along that road so they can transport people and freight up here and through to the mining town, which they thought was going to be a huge, booming town. And so when they finished that road, it was expected that silver was going to come out. But that year, right after the road was finished, the mining town closed because of no more money, and it never found silver. So to this day, that road stands as the main route almost across the mountain range from the west to the east. And then, a few years later, it connected all the way to the other side of the mountain. The early Chinese in Yosemite faced numerous challenges, and yet they made incredible contributions to this park. From the extraordinary talent of the cooks to these incredible road builders working through such difficult conditions, they helped make this place the place we can visit today. And I think it reminds us of how important it is to remember the stories of these early people that came and helped shape this park's history and also why it's so important for us to remember that we too can have a lasting impact and a contribution to this park. Yosemite is a shrine to human foresight, the strength of granite, the power of glaciers, the persistence of life, and the tranquility of the High Sierra. First protected in 1864, Yosemite National Park is best known for its waterfalls, but within its nearly 1,200 square miles, you can find deep valleys, grand meadows, ancient giant sequoias, a vast wilderness, and much, much more. Yosemite received 95% of its precipitation between October and May. Most of Yosemite is blanketed in snow for half the year. You can drive into the park all year from the west, but the pass from the east is closed from around November through late May or June. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson. Special thanks to the National Park Service for the audio with Ranger Yen Yen Chan. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the See America Podcast. Season two is now available wherever you listen to this show. Or if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys at ourwanderingfamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the redwood forest
Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be An Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.